Amen. Why don't you grab a seat? It's uh, great to have you here with us. If you're new, my name's Dean. I'm one of the pastors here. And Vision Sunday is, uh, it's kind of a unique day we take at the beginning of every fresh new year. You know, all kinds of things are restarting this time of year. And it's a Sunday that we kind of step back uh, from the things that we normally kind of do and think about or even talk about. And we say, how do we, uh, how do we get in touch with the big picture of what God has ahead for us this year? How do we get in step with where God wants to lead us this year? We call it Vision Sunday, and so in some ways we might think about, you know, what are the things God wants to show us, or what will this look like? But in many ways, today is not going to be so much about seeing something as it is hearing something. I want to really, really just speak to you some of the things that, that I think God is, is speaking to us, what he would say to us. See, this year, it's going to be a, an exciting year. There are going to be lots of big things happening. We're going to open a, a, a brand new community center development, whole new campus up in Merwa. Uh, incredibly unique development, like, you know, 20 years, like big stuff. These kinds of things will be happening. We'll have twice as many campuses at the end of this year as we do now. It's just, that's exciting. That's exciting. That's, you can check the math uh, on that. It, it really, there's going to be all these things. We're going to be revisioning some of the ways. How do we reach the, the community, continue to, and even greater ways in this year? There's going to be big things that we'll do that, that show up that are easy to see, to see with our eyes. All these kinds of things, there's going to be some big things that are really visible. I mean, you can, you can drive right now. You can see things happening. So there's all, but, but I think what God would say to us at the beginning of this year, looking ahead, is, as I think he would kind of whisper to us and nudge us to say, don't, don't be too distracted by the things you can see with your eyes. That the things actually God wants to speak to us about, the, the vision, if you will, for the things he, where he would say, lean and move this direction, are actually things that are invisible. We call it Vision Sunday, but I, I, we're actually going to be talking about a lot of things that are invisible today. I, I read you these verses. I want you to hear them one more time. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 20, 21 and 22 in particular. These will be our theme verses for 2016. Where it reminds us that in him, in Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It says building, but it's not talking about bricks and stone. It's talking about a building made out of people. And in him, the whole building made out of people, it's joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him... You too are being built together to become a dwelling, a house in which God lives by his spirit. This is something that's always true of who we are as church, but it's something I believe God would say he wants to be uniquely true and uniquely focused on this year. I think God would say to us as we start 2016, not to worry about what we are building but that this year is meant to be all about what he is building out of us. They're the things we are building, bricks and stone and developments and, and big things, visible things. But God would say, do you know what I want this year to be about 2016? Lean into this reality that I, God, God is building us as people into a house where he lives by his spirit. Do you realize that we are being built into a community 
the people of God brought together from those who are near and those who are far, all brought together. And we become like a house made out of people. And the amazing is God says, that's where I want to live. That's where I'm going to put my spirit in this community I'm creating in Jesus. You know, this year, I think that, that, that God would say to us, just remember again what a powerful, incredible idea that is. That amongst us as people, he wants to dwell. He said, I can live anywhere I want. I want to live in your midst. Do you know, when you look through the Old Testament, the beginning of the scriptures till now, you see that there is just this, uh, one of the single major themes is about God reconnecting with people, his creation. The beginning in Genesis, when he's first in the garden with Adam and Eve, there's a phrase, you know, it's like they walked with God in the garden. The connection, the, the presence, the closeness, all so perfect. Hard to even understand maybe what those words mean, but there's this perfect connection, his dwelling, his presence with the people he created in his image. And of course, sin comes and wrecks everything and, and shatters that connection. But God begins a plan to restore it. And you see, early as God begins to work with this people of Israel, uh, early in their history, God dwells among them. His presence is actually visible, a pillar of fire at night and a cloud in the daytime. And he says, that's my presence among you. You can look, you can see it with your eyes. It's right there. And then as they continue to travel and journey, he gives them instructions to build a tabernacle, like this giant tent they got to tear up and put down. And he says, now this tent, this is where my presence is. And as the people travel and set up camp, there's the tent. And inside is, is the presence of God. And Moses goes there to meet with God. And, and, the, and, and the priests and these things, the presence of God is in this one tabernacle tent. And then they settle down. They've got to land their own. Then they've got a king. And God gives instructions to build a physical temple, one location, this magnificent structure. And this will be the symbol of his dwelling among his people. His presence is there. And you go to the temple to meet with God. But then the most radical thing happens and everything changes when Jesus steps into this world. And now God's presence is not a cloud. It's not fire. It's not a, a giant tent. It's not a building. God chooses to put his presence in human flesh and bones walks among us, says he came and he dwelt among us. He just made his presence right in our midst and walks. And then Jesus lives in this world and then he goes back to the Father and says, and now where will God's presence be? I'm sending my spirit. And his spirit is going to live in the dwelling he is building out of us. God says, that's where my presence will be now, in the church, in the community of people that I am bringing together. This is uh, an amazing reality to, to just know that what God wants for us is, you know, th there's a reality when you put your faith in Christ. You know, we saw Laura doing this today in baptism. When you put your faith in Christ, you are given his spirit. That's what makes you a new creation. His spirit now dwells and lives within each one of us. There is a sense in which that is true, but verses like this one in Ephesians, they are speaking to a bigger, greater reality that there is a unique way that God builds us all together and makes his spirit dwell in that community of people. And Corinthians talks about this. We sometimes miss it. Where there's a famous verse there, it talks about how, do you not know that your body is a temple and God's spirit 
lives in you. Sometimes when we think about that, not knowing that we are, do you not know that you are a temple? We sometimes think about that, well, that's why I should treat my individual physical body well, because God, you know, lives in me. You know, I remember I was in the, the States once, and, and I was w- with a friend and hanging out a bit, and every restaurant we go to, I was like, I always get the, the largest drink you can get, you know, like the largest Coke, or the largest Dr. Pepper, and then I get refills on it. I said, you can't do this in Perth, you know. It's expensive to buy a drink out, and so it's, you know, it's so cheap, and then they just keep giving you more, and he's like, but I don't know that that's good for you, and I said, well, but I just feel like it's actually poor stewardship if I don't, you know. <laughs> It's just, it's so cheap and it's so, you know, excessive. It would be wrong of me not to buy, you know, the drink and get the refills. And he, he said, don't you, what about your body being a temple, you know? You really need to dump all that Dr. Pepper in there. And, and, and I said, I think God likes Dr. Pepper, you know? I, I don't know, but no, I'm just, it's, it doesn't quite work like that. And you know why? Because part of that verse, one of the things we miss in that verse, and it's easy to miss here, is that when it says, don't you know you're a temple, it's actually, it's a plural. It's not saying, don't you know you, you individually, you are a temple. Here, it's not saying, don't you know that God is building, you know, you to be part of it. It's a plural. When it says, don't you know you're a temple, it's actually, it doesn't come out in the English, but in the Greek, it's plural. It's saying, don't you know y'all are a temple. Y'all are a temple. Does that make sense? We got that? Y'all are a temple. And we're going to sing country music from now on in that temple. How's that sound, (laughs) y'all? Mixed reviews. Don't forget, you're being built together. Um, But anyway, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why that matters, why the y'all matters is because it's about you all together. You can make it, y'all. That's fine. It's permissible with the Greek, you know. But we sometimes miss this reality that where God uniquely wants to dwell is in the midst of all us together. Listen to those words again. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, y'all, in him, you all are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We're going to build buildings, but we're not building temples. When we build a building or how we like to use our facilities here, these aren't temples. We are the temple. And not just we as a, we as a community are the temple, this community that God is forming. We build what we're building. And if you've been on, you know, what we want to build are wells. What we want to build, and in Jesus' day, the well was the gathering place of a community. It's where people went because water was what they needed. We want, if we're going to have buildings at all, what we have them for is to create modern-day wells. It's why we designed the way we designed. It's why we're investing what we're investing because we don't want a place for church people to gather. We want a place where the community will come and where they will encounter the very presence of God in the community who lives there. That's what we're about. God, and I think God would just say to us, as we start this year, where where there will be things being built and all kinds of cool things happening and that are visible to the eye, he would just say, don't forget, what matters is not what you're building. What matters is what I'm building out of you. Lean into that. Because when we do that, his spirit lives in our midst. And if we want to see people come to know Christ, and we want to see lives changed and healed 
and restored. We, we don't need to make a greater argument to people. We don't need to argue our case a little bit better. It's never going to happen. We need people to encounter the living God. And he says, where I want to live is in the midst of y'all. What I want to give you today are three words as we kind of drill down on this a little bit for this year. This is going to be a bit of our theme, and I want this year, I want us to kind of constantly, let's, let's remind each other and say, you know what, it's, it's about what God's building out of us. Are we allowing God to build us into a community where he can dwell and live and make his home, his spirit among us? Are we doing that? And I want to give you today three words that, that I, I think God would have us kind of hold on to as words that can kind of calibrate us, as words that kind of help shift us and know, right, this is, this is kind of the direction he wants us to go. These are some of the, 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 the kind of guardrails that we can put on the sides and say, are we moving in between these things? There's three words that, uh, as, as Phil mentioned last week, we spent some time, our, our team, just to begin the year, just a couple days away, spending all kinds of time just listening to God, trying to hear from God in all kinds of different ways. And what we found was there were uh, three kind of big words that he just kept speaking in all kinds of different ways. And I just want to share those with you because they're words that I, I believe are meant to kind of define 2016 at, at True North. First word I want to give you today is, is faith. That I think when God looks ahead at 2016 and says, what, how am I going to build you people together? What, what, are, what, what, what do I want you to focus on and look towards? One of those big ideas and big words is going to be faith. Faith is obviously something that's important every year. It's through faith we come to Christ. Bible, we know what a big deal faith is. The Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. With just a little bit of faith, we can move a mountain. Faith is, faith is such an incredible thing because faith is where we begin to live as though God is real. Sometimes what can happen is we can come to Christ through faith, but then live our lives like functional atheists. We're told he wants to make his spirit dwell among us. If the presence and power of God lives in our midst, how much should we be living with big faith? I believe God would say to us, what I want for you this year is bigger faith. There can be opportunities where we have to make decisions or go this way or that and choose, do we do what we think we can do in our strength or do we choose by faith what we believe God can do? I think this is something God wants for every one of us in our individual lives. To approach this year, God wants to develop bigger faith to look at the, the challenges and, and mountains and things you find in front of you and to say, but I don't just face those on my own. In faith, I know my God is with me in this. Amen. And he is able. Bigger faith. The second word uh, I think God wants us to grab hold of this year is this word depth. I think this year is to be about bigger faith, and if there's one word that we'll maybe come back to over and over, and today we don't have time to go all into these words, but I tell you, these are going to be words and, and ideas and things and, that we'll be listening to and unpacking throughout the year. God, what does this mean for us? And one of those words we're going to come back to again is going to be depth. I think God wants bigger faith, and I think he wants us to have a deeper connection with himself. Depth, when I say depth, there's all kinds of things different people will think. Many of us here have come from different places and different traditions and, and all in uh, different places in our faith journey. And when we hear depth, we might think of all kinds of things. When I say depth, not talking about uh, just, you know, more knowledge. Sometimes we're like, okay, depth, great. You know, 
use five Greek words every Sunday. That's depth, you know. That's what we need. That's not what this is. Depth is not about just behaviors. Depth in lots of ways is about things you can't even see. You know, one of the pictures that we've all seen in different contexts and different places is of icebergs and how, you know, the portion that you see visibly above the water of an iceberg is always just a small fraction of how big the iceberg is. Most of the iceberg is under the water level. It goes down deep and you never even see it. That's kind of the nature of depth. Deep people are not people who, you know, just say the Lord 20 times in, in, in the 10 minute, you know, conversation. That doesn't make you deep, may not preclude it, but just using certain language, using certain behaviors, certain actions, those things don't equal depth. Because depth is not about the things you can see. Depth is, is about a deep, deep connection with God. When Paul prays for his churches so often, he just prays for a deeper understanding of God's love. Not a deeper connection to an idea or a thought or knowledge, but a deeper connection to God himself. That's what depth is, is going to be about this year. This isn't, this isn't a, a behavior thing. It's a relational thing. You know, I, my wife Lisa and I will be married, I, I believe it's 14 years this December. I'm not, I think my math has that right, but I get confused because you got like this year and that year and it's not till the end of the year. So anyway, 14 is close enough. And um, <laughs> it's a while. It's like half the time Josh has been at this church. You know, it's, <laughs> wow, how about that, man? You were like, I've been here 15 years. And I was like, I do, you know, it was, <laughs> wow. Different spots, it's amazing, it's amazing. Our relationship, my wife, Lisa and I, our relationship, our marriage is way deeper than it was 14 years ago. At that moment, we loved each other as much as we possibly could. We'd gone as deep as we could possibly go. But depth comes through shared experiences. Depth comes over time. Time alone won't guarantee it. But when you journey together with someone through the, the best and the worst moments of life, and you actually process those. You actually journey through them. You don't just both experience them concurrently. You journey through them together. There's a depth that comes. And I think God, sometimes it's easy. We connect with God with the stuff that's above the waterline and the behaviors and thoughts and the stuff that's visible. But God wants us to be connecting on those things that are not always visible. The parts of our lives may we reserved at times from God to open them to him, to connect with him in deeper ways than we have. Depth. This year, we're going to if God's presence, his spirit is going to be amongst us, we've got to be connecting with him in deep, deep ways, deep ways, greater depth. Last word I want to share this morning that, that kind of makes up the third of the words that, that we'll lean into is the word unity. Unity. I think God would say to us, this will be critical to how he shapes us as a community this year. You know, I, I, I first when, when started that this was something that kept coming up kind of over and over. And, and I was praying one day even with the Lord on this and just saying, you know, is, is unity, is this really, I feel like, because here's the thing. If you've been around here for the last, you know, few years, we've actually seen God do an incredible unifying work in our church. We have like a, a sense of unity amongst us that I am so grateful for. We talk about it. We celebrate it. There is a tremendous sense of togetherness under the head of Christ in this place. 
unity. And unity is not about we all think the same, we all, you know, agree on everything. But unity is about saying that what we have in common is more important than what is different. That we hold on to, to certain things together and, and desire to be working together under our one head, who is Christ. There's a tremendous and profound sense of unity in this place. But I just felt like the Lord was saying, but no, this, this is not one to let go of. This year, there's, a, there's, there's deeper levels of unity to go to. There's deeper levels of connection, not just with God, but with one another, which is what unity is all about. That we are not just a, a crowd, but there's a deep connection. And, and you know, I, one of the things I was reading, I read this quote and it really drove home for me why I think this is such a big deal. Kind of felt like I got it. I want to read this quote. It comes from Larry Osborne. He's a, a pastor, a writer. He says, I don't think it's an accident that Jesus predicted church growth, but prayed for unity. Jesus says, you know, the gates of hell are not going to stop his church. He predicts the church is going to grow. It's going to go on. But in one of his last moments when he's going to pray for something, he spends so much of his time there in the book of John, you can read about praying for unity for his followers. He predicted growth, but he prayed for unity. If left unattended or taken for granted, it quickly disappears. Unity is the one thing that can't be left to chance. I found that so profound. And in so many ways, I felt like God was kind of just giving me this picture of, you know, all the things, the visible things that we're going to see happen, the things that are exciting and big, and, and I'm looking forward to those, and I hope you are as well. But those things, you know, they'll, they'll happen. They're going to go. But I think God would say to us, don't, don't leave unity to chance. This is what I want for you. You know, these verses, they speak of how he is building us together. It says in him, you too. The point of these verses in, in Ephesians 2 is like, there are people who are far from God. There are people who are close to God. And all of them in Christ, God is bringing together into this brand new community of oneness, of unity. And I think this year God would, would remind us, you know, all, all kinds of things are going to happen this year. God's like, I can take care of bricks and stone. I can release finances if that's what you need. I can take care of all. But what I'm asking you as people is to do what only you can do, which is to choose unity. To say that I'm going to put others' needs before myself. I'm going to lean into where we're going. I'm going to align myself to the one head who is Christ and be a part of what he's doing. Unity. Unity is such a challenge. I think we can't ever leave it to chance because we... The reality is we live in an incredibly individualistic culture. The, the studies I'm, I'm doing right now, uh, one of the courses we had to, to read this book that was part of a research study IBM did of uh, 100 kind of countries around the world and the cultural differences among them, measures all these, these five different scales that uh, make cultures different. One of the scales is individuality versus collectivism. So individualism, collectivism, the degree... Cultures that are more individualistic tend to value the needs and things of the individual more than the group. The more collectivistic uh, values the group over the individual. The two most, and in a virtual dead heat, individualistic countries of the world are the United States and Australia. We live in one of the most individualistic places, so much so that we can't even see the water we're swimming in at times. It's like the way we even see the word you in the Bible, and we think it's talking about me. When so often in the Bible, it's talking about y'all. <laughs> 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 
It's our, it's our individualistic blindness. So we've got to realize we live in a culture. So God's trying to create this community of people where his spirit can dwell. And paramount amongst it is a sense of unity amongst the people. But we come from a culture that values so much the individual and our needs. And, and we've got to realize, no, the kingdom value of unity has to trump our cultural value of individuality. This is what one of the reasons I think I would say, Jesus predicted growth, but he prays for unity. This is one that is not easy and we cannot leave it to chance. So this year, it's something we'll continue to unpack and think about. What does unity look like for us? How does this, how does this work? How do we continue to go to new, new levels and new understandings of unity? You know, this, this picture in Ephesians 2 here is an incredible picture of what it looks like for God to build a community of people that is like a, a temple, that's like a house. It's like a dwelling made not out of bricks and stone, but made out of people. And he says, that's where I want to put my presence. That's where my spirit's going to dwell in this world. That's going to be the place where heaven and earth come together and meet right here, right now. His spirit among us, living, making his home amongst this community. And this year, I think that, when we think about what's ahead for us this year, I think God would say, don't focus on all the visible things that are going to be happening. He can take care of those. But let's more and more cooperate with the work of his spirit that wants to build us into a community defined and dominated by the, the presence of the spirit of God among us. What would that kind of life, that kind of community look like? And here's, here's the amazing thing, is that it all comes back to in him. These verses remind us, it's, it's, this is all in him. In him, it's built together. In him, it joins together. In him, the whole, you read Ephesians 2, it's all about how in Christ, the two are brought together to become one. Those who are near, those who are far. In him. And when we begin to press towards Jesus, we allow the spirit to build us into that community that we're talking about. I want to give you one last just kind of picture of this, just to, just to kind of file away in your mind. And, and to do this, actually, I need about eight or nine, maybe even ten people. If you're around, can you just maybe eight or nine people come on up? Laura and Rob, I think, Laura, at least you should come on up, especially because you're a great picture of this. We need Laura. and I mean, There we go. A few more. John, if you could take this away. Don't leave me hanging. Josh, you got, come on up. You're going to have to sing anyway. Thank you, Brian. Come on. Matt, Matt, come on. Help, help a brother out, man. We got... We need a few. We need like five more, five more people. Come on. There we go. Jeff, that's it. Thanks, Megan. This is great, Dave. There we go. We need, we can even a couple more if you want to join. There we go. We got John. All right. So here's, here's the deal. Uh, we, we, we need one of you. We got to work out who's first the, the most Christ-like person here to, uh, to represent Jesus. <laughs> Consensus so far has been the beard gives it away. Uh, so Josh, you're going to have to be Jesus for us and just continue to reinforce a, a, a rather unfortunate cultural stereotype built up over millennia. So uh, Josh is going to be G Now what I want the rest of you to do is kind of spread out in a circle around Josh as best you can on this stage. Just kind of just kind of spread out wherever you can go. You can, some can, can come in the front. That's all right. You know, if they want to go there, you can kind of just keep. So here's the deal. Here's, here's the picture of Ephesians 2. That, that, you know, when we think about all these things, at the end of the day, it's all quite simple. That, that what happens and what it tells us is that in Jesus, what, that God is making this new community. 
And what happens all the time in life, and I'll, I'll do this with Dave, is that, you know what, what's actually happened is you got people that are facing in all directions, and something happens in their life, like we heard about in Laura's life today, and they actually turn, and their eyes now are pointed to Jesus. They get to encounter him. Our hope is that people come into a community, and the Spirit of God is there, and people meet Jesus, and they turn in their lives, begin to look at Jesus. And then watch what happens as people kind of grow Grow in their faith. And as they grow deeper in their connection, they start moving towards Jesus. And you can start, just start walking towards, uh, towards Jesus in our, our midst there. And you, well, here's what happens. You, the more you walk towards him, the more you grow your faith, your deeper connection, the more you, you know what happens is God starts to build them. Keep going. Get a little closer, a little tighter. Don't feel awkward. This is, this is good. And you know what happens? This is it. Look at that. that you know what happens? You cannot help. When you grow near to Jesus, to draw near to each other. Don't get sappy on us, y'all. So, but no. it, it, this is what happens. And, and I want you to stay there. Just stay there for a minute. Because this is how simple it is, and it's just what it's all about. We draw near to Jesus. We come from all these different areas and walks of life. Eyes turn to Jesus. But if you start drawing closer to him, you don't do it in isolation. You cannot help but begin to be built into a new house, a new structure that's not made out of bricks and stone and mortar. It's made out of people. You become a human brick in the house that God is building. And in that midst, his spirit comes and lives. You guys can give Josh some space. That's good. So thank you. Give him a hand, these guys coming up. Actually, Josh, you may as well stay, man. So <laughs> it's, uh, but this picture just, this is what God is doing is he's building us. And we all start a little bit scattered and we're all from different places. But boy, when we start to walk towards Jesus, the spirit's just doing something amongst us and it starts building us and our, our shoulders start locking and our, our, we start bumping into it. And you know what? The reality is sometimes we bump each other. But if you turn and bail at that moment, look what you missed out on. We may bump each other, but the more we grow closer to Jesus, the more we start to let, wow, some of those bumps actually start to file off some of our rough edges. And before you know it, you realize, yeah, no, this is, this is, this was good. And, and, and this, this is what God's trying to build. And he just says, in the midst of that, my spirit's going to live. And that's what God, I think, would say to us today as we start a fresh new year together. Don't get distracted by all the things we'll be able to see with our eyes. Let's put our eyes on Jesus and let's allow him to build us together into a house, a dwelling for his spirit among us. I'm gonna invite the, the team's gonna come back up. I wanna invite you to stand for a moment. And I'm just gonna pray for us just in a simple way as we begin this year. Just gonna ask that God would release a bit more of his spirit in our midst. That these things we feel him speaking to us about faith and depth and unity, that these are, these are invisible things. And we need to allow his spirit to pour them out, to draw them out. We need to submit ourselves to what the spirit wants to do. So I'm gonna give you a simple way. If you just, you know, if you're saying today, you, you may not have been coming here long or you may have been here for 30 years, but you're saying, you know what? I'm one of the, I'm one of the human bricks in what God is building here. I'm a part of this community. He is, he is building me together with the other people here as we all put our eyes on Jesus. If that's you and you just say, or maybe you've been here just today, but you think, you know what? I see there's something happening. I want to be a part of that. 
just a simple way of stepping in that today is just going to be to, to hold your hands out while I pray and just to open them. It's something we do in the physical world that connects us to that invisible world. And I'm just going to pray and ask for God to release more of these things. If you want more of that in your life, you put your hands out. And as you do that, more of that's going to come into you and into this community. And so I'm going to pray for you if you'd like to be a part of that. Why don't you just lift your hands just right out in front of you as a way of saying, Lord, I want to receive this. I welcome it in my life. I welcome it in my heart. I welcome the work of your spirit. Lord, we recognize and acknowledge today, Jesus, you are the one head of this body. And that, Lord, you want to build us into a dwelling. You're not interested in a temple built out of stones. You want to build us to be a home as a community of people. Lord, in this moment, we welcome that vision in Ephesians 2, that it be your spirit dwelling among us, that we would be a house where your spirit is pleased to reside. Spirit, we welcome you in this place even as we begin a fresh year together. We ask for more of you, that we would be more surrendered to you, to what you desire to say and do in our lives through us as a church. We ask that, Lord, your spirit would be so present in us that we would be a place where people encounter the living God we will be a place where heaven meets earth. Lord, I ask right now that you would grow bigger faith in us. If we bring our small amounts and ask that, Lord, you might take our faith and grow it and multiply it, that we would live lives that take you into account. We make decisions not based on just this world, but to take into account your presence and power among us. Lord, we pray for a deeper connection. Pray for each person here that as we, as individuals move towards you, we would know a deeper connection with you and with your presence. And that as we do that, that together as the house you are building, we would know a deeper connection. Deeper connection with your presence among us. With the spirit that resides in this house. And Lord, we pray for stronger unity. We pray that your desire for what unity would look like amongst your people would be realized and fulfilled in us. Pray that, Lord, you would help us to grow in that, that every day and every event will become moments where we learn more about what it means to truly walk in, in unity. And that, Lord, the unity that exists here would be a sign of your presence to the world, a sign of your reality that only you could bring together such a diverse group of people. Lord, would you strengthen our unity. May it bring you honor. May it bring you glory. May it point people to you. And may all those things make us a house where you are pleased to dwell. Oh, Lord, we thank you for all you've done. Thank you for letting us be bricks in your house. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. We're going to sing together this morning.